Now, it was not a good day yesterday for the progressive left movement, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So, as you probably know by now, Chesa Bodine was fired by the people of San Francisco, and it's an amazing thing because that is the most liberal city in the country by far, San Francisco. I mean, these are loons out there. Um, Yet, 60% of them voted to recall the DA, Chesa Bodine. 40% wanted to keep him. (laughs) The 40%, I have no idea. Now, it wasn't even a hard call. And this was a landslide, by the way. 75,000 votes to boot him, uh, 50,000 votes to keep him. Uh, All you had to do, and I was in San Francisco, as you may know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, is uh, look at the place. And you'll see hundreds, probably thousands, of zombies, drug-addicted people, mentally ill people, walking around the streets, many of whom are committing crimes. Others are offending sensibilities by all kinds of conduct that is, in public, not acceptable. And Chesa Bodine couldn't care less. And as crime uh, rose in San Francisco, he didn't do anything. He didn't prosecute most crimes. Because Chesa Bodine believes that the United States is responsible for these people on the street. It's not their fault they're committing crimes. It's our fault, the country's fault. I mean, this is insane, but that's what he believes. So I'm not going to bother with him anymore. He's gone. Now the mayor, London Breed, who's another left-wing loon, appoints another DA. But the message was sent, if, if this can happen in San Francisco, it happen anywhere. Down in Los Angeles to the south, there was a mayoral vote between Congresswoman Karen Bass, who is an ardent leftist, and a businessman, a billionaire named Rick Caruso. Well, Caruso won the vote, 41% to 38%. But you got to get over 50% to get in, so there's a runoff in November, but Caruso's in good shape to win it because the same thing is going on in L.A. that's going on in San Francisco. There's no law enforcement, and quality of life in Los Angeles has declined drastically. So you want to put another left-wing loon in there? Is that what you want to do? No. Angelino's, and again, a li- very liberal place, Los Angeles. Angelino, they're going to put give them... They're going to give power to Caruso. I can almost guarantee, unless something happens, of course. Um, But the real indicator in Los Angeles is only 25% of Angelino showed up to vote yesterday for mayor. So 75%, even though the city has gone down in every way, declined dramatically, 75% go, "Eh, we don't care. All right. Then you're going to have homeless people living on your front lawn and If you park your car on the street, it'll likely be broken into. Now, here's an exception, and I saw this. uh, I went and I walked it. Beverly Hills, perhaps the richest neighborhood in the nation, doesn't have these problems. Because Beverly Hills is a separate city. It's not Los Angeles. It's right in the middle of Los Angeles, but it's a separate place with a separate police, a separate justice system, everything. There aren't any homeless people there. None. They don't exist there. And I walked around pretty thoroughly in downtown Beverly Hills. No, not there. Santa Barbara, another affluent, said yes, they were there. Not Beverly Hills because they enforce vagrancy laws there. Cops would come in, 
sweep you. You spent a couple of days in the uh, Beverly Hills jail, and then you can't get your drugs. Then you go into withdrawal. They're not going to do it. Nobody there. It's, it's just a very interesting thing. So the quality of life in Beverly Hills is not the climb. But if you go out of Beverly Hills, it's Santa Barbara is a mess. Not Santa Barbara, Santa Monica. Santa Monica is an absolute mess. And, and all the co- coastal communities south, crazy. So anyway, I took a good look around. Now, uh, because of what happened uh, yesterday, uh, George uh, Gascon, who is the DA in, in L.A. County, there's George, he's Soros's buddy. George Soros funded his campaign. He's another one who won't enforce the law. And that's why you have all these problems in Los Angeles and Los Angeles County. He's going to be recalled. Okay, so they need 65,000 more votes. After yesterday, they get him. And then he'll go on the ballot to be recalled and he'll be booted. I guarantee it. Just like we predicted uh, the San Francisco thing, Bodine, I predicted that six months ago, December, I believe. Um, Guess gone. He's going to be going. Now, this is good. All of this is good because it sends a signal to the country that enough's enough. So George Soros, he's given an amazing amount of money to all of these progressive politicians who are ruining the country. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. Now, here in New York, where I am, we have a guy named Alan Bragg, all right? And he's the same kind of guy. He just will not enforce the law. In fact, 90% of suspects arrested on gun charges, all right, 2020, before Bragg took over, were out. They didn't hold him. That was Morgenthau. But, but Bragg's worse. An article in the New York Post today about a guy named Nolan Gonzalez, who's got like 40 priors, five this year, goes to Macy's, steals $1,000 worth of merchandise or something, $350 worth of Tommy Hilfinger goods, felony, okay? He's got all this on his sheet. He's a drug addict, okay? And Bragg's not going to prosecute him. <laughs> what? Doesn't hold him. I mean, it's just, Gonzalez has been arrested five times this year. And Macy's is going... The guy just keeps coming in and stealing stuff. I go, what are you going to do? And you know he doesn't get caught every time he does it. But this guy, Alan Bragg, uh, put his picture up again. He's a disaster, a disaster for the city of New York. Now, he cannot be recalled. We don't have that here. Have it in Jersey, don't have it in New York. But Hoka, the governor, can remove him. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. 
So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com, use promo code Bill at checkout. Think Hogel's going to remove an African-American DA? No, no matter how bad things get. All right, I mentioned George Soros. So he's behind all the progressive movement. It's his money that's driving this and destroying parts of the country. So let's go over Soros in a very methodical way. Put it up on the screen, please. For those on radio, I'll run it down for you. He was born August 12, 1930 in Budapest, Hungary. That makes him 91 years old. Forbes estimates Soros is worth $8.6 billion. In 1956, Soros moved to New York City at the age of 26. In 1961, he became a U.S. citizen. In 1973, he established a Soros fund, an investment fund later known as a quantum endowment fund, and he made billions of dollars. In 2002, uh, French authorities charged him with insider trading. He was convicted and fined $3 million in France, which he had to pay. Now, the U.S. does not extradite because there was no jail time involved. He was tried in absentia. So he stayed in the USA, but had to pay the fine. 2004, Soros pledged millions of dollars to MoveOn.org, a vicious left-wing group, to oppose the re-election of President Bush. All right, then he really swung into action. Between 2018 and 21, George Soros financed radical Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox, you remember her, and Chicago is one of the most dangerous places in the country because, largely because, of Kim Fox and Lori Lightfoot, the mayor. Also, the city of St. Louis falling completely apart, he financed the city attorney, Kim Gardner. He also financed George Gasson, as we told you, and the radical Philadelphia DA, Lawrence Krasner. He put in more than $8 million to these campaigns, George Soros. Okay, he also gave Stacey Abrams, again running for governor, a million dollars, and he'll give her a million more. And how does he do this? He does it through political action committees. All of these Donations to the progressive far lefts are legal. And finally, uh, the midterm elections. Currently, Soros is the top individual donor on the progressive side for the 2022 midterms. He's contributed $126 million so far. Can you imagine this? All right. And one of the groups that he pumps money into on a regular basis, Color of Change, that was the group that attacked me five years ago. And I know Soros was behind that. I can't prove it. It's just my opinion. But I'm working it. Color of change. George Soros. Because I was an early Soros critic. He hates me. Uh, joining us now is a woman, one of the only journalists in the country following George Soros, Shello, Cheryl Chumley who uh, works at the Washington Times. She has a book, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, a very fine book called Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. And George Soros right in the middle of that book. And she joins us now from Northern Virginia. All right, Cheryl, so I ran down Soros, and I know that you are writing and working uh, on uh, exposing him through a group that's watching him. Tell us about that. It's OpenSecrets.com. Is that what it is? 
OpenSecrets.org. And thank you for having me to talk about this issue. Um, Yeah, Open Secrets is a nonprofit, and it's the Center for Responsive Politics uh, that partnered with another group that used to track state campaigns and state dollars. And so now they're looking, they're joined together, they're taking a look at both federal and state campaign cash, and they cover everything. They're an amazing outlet. They cover PACs, super PACs, and more importantly, that dark money. In 2020 election season alone, Open Secrets found that $1 billion uh, were pumped into dark money outlets. And another $3. billion went from foreign sources to U.S. lobbying efforts between the years 2016 and 2021. So the money that's influencing our own elected officials is astounding and it's really astonishing when you start looking at the numbers for George Soros and other leftist groups alone. Okay, now explain what dark money is. So unlike PACs, right, which have uh, reporting requirements to the FEC and have limits on contributions, it's, for instance, 5000 per, per candidate that a PAC can contribute, and it's like 15000 per committee. Super PACs, on the other hand, have reporting requirements to the FEC but don't have limits. Dark money groups, however, have no limits on the number of dollars that can be siphoned to committees, and they also don't have to report to the FEC their donors. So all this money that feeds into dark money groups can then in turn be uh, given to PACs and super PACs. So this is where it becomes very difficult to track down the dollars that are going to any given candidate. And those and those groups, they can uh, buy television commercials, they can buy radio spots, they can buy staff, the people who go out and bundle votes. They can do a whole bunch of things. Now, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, we learned after the fact, pumped millions of dollars into the presidential campaign to try to get more votes for Joe Biden. But that's not Zuckerberg didn't do dark money. That was a direct thing, right? Right. And here's an example. You brought up Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, right? So he received $1.1 million, but not directly from George Soros. He received it from groups that George Soros supported. So you can see where that tracking becomes very difficult. If you want to research all the races and all the candidates uh, at any given time in America, it's nearly impossible for one person to do, which is why Open Secrets is so great. It's your go-to for that kind of information. But it's also very difficult for the average voter to understand where that money goes. Yeah. And And, and do you know how many groups Soros funds, how many of these groups he has lined up to do what he wants done? Do you know how many? I'm going to say conservatively hundreds. And here's what I base it on. Since 2016, right, George Soros money from PACs has funded to the tune of $29 million roughly 20 district attorney races. That's just the DA races. And what gets confusing about that is that they're called different races depending on the state. In Virginia, it's the Commonwealth's attorney. Uh, There's also other terms, circuit attorney. So you have to take that into consideration. But George Soros has also established 
in almost every state in the nation, these PACs that are called justice and safety PACs or public safety and justice PACs. And into that gets funneled Soros tied money, which in turn gets funneled into certain groups and candidates depending on the amount. Then you have, of course, George Soros's Open Society Foundation, which you can go to Open Secrets and track where all the tentacles of donations go on that. So I'm going to guess conservatively hundreds of groups that George Soros is tied to in terms of funding. Now, Soros's philosophy is he doesn't want incarceration for criminals, right, particularly minority criminals. He believes it's society's fault that they're committing those crimes. He doesn't want border enforcement. You know, it's an open border. He wants legalized narcotics, doesn't want any drug enforcement. Does he want socialism? Is, is he pushing socialism? Well, not directly, right? He doesn't come out and wave a banner saying, I'm a socialist. But if you look at what socialism entails, part and parcel of socialist government and society is the crippling of law enforcement. It's the division of law enforcement and the justice system. Here in America, we're supposed to have justices blind, right? But how Democrats work, how the left works, how socialists work is they create these different groups that then they pit against each other. So they all uh, fall on, on warring, warring factions, which is where the government then can come in and pretend to create calm out of the chaos. So going after the justice system in America is certainly one way to advance a socialist type agenda. Yeah, and he wants to break it down entirely, defund the police. He's behind that. He's behind all this. Now, he's going to die soon, Soros. But his son, I hear, is even more radical than he is. And his son is running a lot of these operations, correct? His son's name I have seen already on Open Secrets, uh, you know, reporting and, and uh, tracking of money. I haven't dived into exactly specifically what his sons are involved in yet, but it seems a legacy. It seems, you know, that's what's going to be passed down in their family. Now, the midterm elections, largely uh, people believe the Republicans are going to take both houses now because of the debacle of the Biden administration and the Democratic Party. But that's not going to inhibit Soros. He's going to continue to pump as much money as he can to try to influence the voters who don't know very much. They call them low information voters to try to get this propaganda out on radio and television. And, you know, if you are a district attorney, if you're running and you have uh, two million and your opponent has 300,000, you can overwhelm. Now, final question is Soros and Gascon, the uh, DA in L.A. County, they're like this. But Gascon, I think it's toast now because of what happened to Bodine. How do you see it? Well, I would agree with you, but I would also caution about cheering too loudly about Bodine and about Gascon and so forth, because in the wings are scores more of Soros-funded candidates that are coming to the forefront. For instance, Albuquerque, New Mexico's district attorney, Raul Torres, he was elected in 2016, I think it was, with only about $107,000 worth of Soros-tied money, but he was running under unopposed, so that money was really not even necessary. Under his tenure, homicides have just jumped this year to 102, which is record amounts. In Last year, they were only 67. This guy just this week 
won his Democratic primary for the state's attorney general. So it's not just Soros wins and losses for certain candidates. It's about getting Soros's candidates in the pipeline so that they can then move on to higher offices. It's amazing because thousands of people are dying because of George Soros and his philosophy. So uh, the, once again, it's opensecrets.org. All the listeners and viewers of uh, the No Spin News should write that down and check in. And then Cheryl Chumley's book, Lock Down the Socialist Plan and Take Away Your Freedom. It's uh, out in the marketplace and you might get it. Cheryl, thanks very much. As always, we appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. All right. The aforementioned Kellyanne Conway is in Washington, D.C. She has a brand new book. You know about it. You've heard about it. Here's the deal. A memoir doing very, very well um, across the country. And she, of course, is a former senior, very important word, senior counselor to President Trump. Hey, nice to uh, see you. I'm glad you're taking the time to talk with us. It's great to see you in the No Spin Zone. You know, nobody says that to me. It's great to see you. You're one of the few people on the planet who's ever said that to me. (laughs) All right. Trump wants to run for president again. You know it, I know it. Yes. Big picture. Is that a wise thing for him and the country? Well, the country is suffering under his successor, Joe Biden. I mean, everywhere you look, they don't do anything well. Every poll, including if not especially, Bill, the media polls prove that. People are telling them inflation, gas prices, infant formula, immigration, border security, Ukraine, all of these issues crime and drugs have gone to the top and Biden is ignoring the will of the people. So I think Trump is like the rest of us. He sees all the problems that are happening in this country and he would like to get in there and solve and fix them. Also for President Trump, there's an awful lot of finished business that he intended to tackle in his second term. And so he would like that second term. Now, whoever runs and Trump will have to decide first, but whoever runs needs to run on the America First agenda. That's a given. This is the issue set. These are the policy prescriptions. These are the promises delivered upon that help this country reach energy independence and unemployment rates and a booming economy, particularly pre-COVID. And, and frankly, we were doing better around the globe under President Trump with trade deals. Iran and China were more at bay. They weren't salivating. Iran was a salivating at Israel as a nuclear capable nation. Um, obviously, China and Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin was not in Ukraine. And the list goes on and on. So he would like to do it. Yeah, um, he's going to have to navigate how much hate there is out there and how much uh, people are going to lie and cheat to try to keep him from being the president again, too. OK, um, but that's the problem. So uh, the Trump administration was successful, in my opinion. Um, and I think I'm as well versed on this as anybody. The for history shows that we did. Um, we had everything put out there. But, and this is a big but, he's so polarizing that a guy like Governor DeSantis of Florida might more easily beat the Democrats, because I don't think Biden's going to run again, um, than a polarizing guy like Trump. Is that argument, does it have any validity? Well, a few things. First of all, Ron DeSantis has been an incredible governor of Florida. There's no question about it. He's raised $100 million. He's on track to have a monster re-election in the fall, which is great for him, for Florida, and for the country because DeSantis won with less than 50% of the vote 40 years ago. So it shows, Bill, that if you push back on woke culture, if you push back on all these draconian, Byzantine COVID restrictions, if you make your state a hospitable place for individuals and businesses, 
good things happen, including to you at the ballot box. I will say this though, if I were Ron DeSantis, I would tell the donors, please stop mentioning my name because the donors are always wrong. I love the donors, they're successful people in life and in business, but they always pick the wrong candidates and they certainly never saw Donald Trump coming. If Ron DeSantis wants to run and he is running on the America First agenda, I think if Donald Trump doesn't run, he has a good shot. Right now, the people who are going to run against Trump- Wait, 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 let me stop you. You think, you think if DeSantis announced he wants to run for president, Trump wouldn't run against him, wouldn't No, 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 I said if Trump doesn't run, DeSantis could consider Right, because I don't I think, think DeSantis will primary Trump. Now, I agree my, with you completely. In completely my last agree. conversation with, well, it wasn't my last. Okay. I had a conversation two days ago with, with uh, the former president, but before that, I said, you'd be wise, in my humble opinion, and you know how humble I can be, um, mm -hmm. to put DeSantis on the second, so to be Trump DeSantis, all right? Because that would calm down the anti-Trump Republicans. And there are, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Republicans that don't want to go through the chaos that we went through last time. Now, one of them would have to move out of Florida, but DeSantis could move up to southern Georgia easy, and Trump could come back to New York if he wanted to. But I think that would be an overpowering ticket. I don't think anybody's going to of note. I don't think Mike Pence is going to primary Trump because Trump has so much money. He could just overwhelm them. And, and the MAGA stuff is, is very, very uh, powerful. I don't know anybody's going to dent that. But the question remains, Donald Trump's weakness is he polarizes the country. He's never going to unite the country in a million years. So is that the best remedy for the United States having him run again? A few things. First of all, the current regime has divided the country even worse. I think they have just taken our cultural cleavages, Bill, and they have ripped them bare and laid them bare. And this unifier, Joe Biden, is not. So remember, these choices are not this one or not this one. These are binary choices. And I think Biden, who would, I disagree with you a little bit, he wants to be the nominee next time. I don't think There's the Democratic no Party has. I don't no think they way. have the guts to get rid of him, though. I think he'll be primaried from the left. But who are they going to put there? Kamala Harris, who's in a no-show. He's not even going to die. He's not even going to bother with it. He's Jill is going to take him by the hand and go. You know, honey, we're going to go back to Delaware and have a nice life. He's not he going to do him. it. He should have done that originally, Bill, because if you love someone that much, you should say, "Let's go enjoy the last few years uh, cognitively Look, challenged." The man is great. declining rapidly before right, the nation's eyes. eyes. Everyone knows he cannot do the job. But you just, know, Kellyanne, yeah. I'm a simple man. You know that as well as anybody knows it. All right, I have one question. Name one thing that President Biden has improved in this nation in 17 months in office. Just Absolutely so. nothing. Not right. one thing. I wish now, I could tell you. Even his biggest supporters, some of whom live on my block, can't name one. Now, let's get to your book. Um, so I read the book, and I'm so busy that I had to stay up late at night to do it. One of the things that you uh, were better at than all of the other White House pinheads that were running around for the four years, not including Mr. Trump in this, the advisors, is that you could handle the media pretty well. Um, number one, do you resent the media in America? I resent them believing their job is to get the president rather than get the story. And in getting President Trump, that included his family and his senior advisors and their families. And these are thin-skinned, troubled, terrified people living in glass houses 
judging the rest of us. And I also so you don't you don't like you don't have any use for most of those media people. You think they're have, in the I don't have use for most tank. of them. I don't. And 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 here's the other reason why, Bill. So of course they didn't want Donald Trump to win in 2016. They didn't vote for him to win, but there was something more at play here. They sure. were shocked, and embarrassed that he did win. And there was almost this immediate revenge factor on that. We must re-embarrass the people who embarrassed us. And I think there's a little naivete by me and my boss and others at the very beginning, like, hey, we have joint custody of the country with, you know, we're going to share joint custody of the nation with the media for the next 48 years. Let's try to get the message out. And my, look, my audience is never the liberal anchor sitting across from me. It's the people. There are people out there who, but for voices like ours, are not going to have certain pieces of information they need and certain facts and figures they rely upon. But I'll right. tell you, they, you know, it's a shame. They're not all bad. But I think it, right now the mainstream media attracts a certain person who lives on social media. They tweet and like each other's tweets all day. That's not even reported. They're not even editors on social media. Yeah, it's a club. And they're not interested in the facts. Club. Right. Um, did you get angry inside? You kept your composure outside. But did you get angry? Because basically when you were interviewed by the national media, they were trying to trap you. Sure. They're trying to get you to say something that made your boss, Donald Trump, look bad. That was it. You're absolutely right. They weren't trying to get information out of you because they considered you a propagandist for Trump. They were trying to trap you. Did that make you angry? No, I don't get angry. It's befuddling to me because it's a sugar high for them. And they usually, they most of the time didn't get their way. So I have chapter 19 in my new book, Here's the Deal, is called Alternative Hacks. And I talk about that very thing, how... There I am, very first person to ever do uh, Sunday shows. I did all three network Sunday shows, ABC, CBS, NBC, from the White House North Lawn. No notes, no net, no staff in the freezing cold, looking into a blank camera with these three anchors. And I talked for 38 minutes, Bill, 38 minutes about the president's agenda, what was on tap for that first week, how inauguration weekend had gone. Of course, they all wanted to know about Sean Spicer and, and the inauguration crowd. And they very clearly said, I'm not a big... I'm not a big crowd size girl. I think that presidents are judged ultimately by their economy and their national security, foreign yeah, you, policy. You had always good, good perspective. Blah, blah, blah. I talked, so I said alternative facts by accident. I didn't mean to change the relationship of the United States government and her citizenry in broad daylight with the White House behind me. And yet it became this whole thing. And I put it in the book called Alternative Hacks. Why? You'll appreciate this because I talk about how for two and a half seconds, I say something that I immediately cleaned up, walked back, didn't intend, no intent there. And they spent two and a half years, not seconds, weeks, or months, two and a half years looking for Russia collusion to have swung an election. So I find some of them to be um, unethical, if not reprehensible, and dishonest. They never apologize. No. If they have to correct, it's in, it's in a small correction in print. You'll never see it. Well, they were, oh, they were, doing, they were doing what their bosses told them to do. That's, that's oh, yes. the bottom line. Last question, and you write about this in the book, but I don't want to be intrusive on this subject because it's just wrong. Um, your job took a toll on your marriage. So your husband is not a Trump supporter, to put it mildly. Uh, no, I think George's reaction to my job took a toll on my marriage. My job certainly didn't. Okay, so... Um, you have children. One's my job, one's my marriage. He decided to change his mind about Donald Trump and me. 
Um, you know, just the facts are important here. George urged, if not insisted, I take my shot in 2016, Bill, when Mr. Trump asked me to be campaign manager. George was there on election night crying in his black MAGA hat at the New York Hilton. He, like me, accepted a big job by President-elect Trump in the administration. He was supposed to be the head of the civil division at the Department of Justice. That's a big job. And he accepted it. He was interviewing staff. He was checking out his office. So people need to understand the facts. This is not Carville and Madeline. This is not George. But, but I'm more interested in you and your kids. I don't care yeah. about him. Um, when that kind of tension is in the home, it t- takes a toll. Yes, I try to protect my kids from that, which is why I never responded in kind or at the time. So I wasn't tweeting back at George. I had the tweeting men in my life, Donald Trump and George. But, you know, the president was very good to me, Bill. He could have asked me to leave. He could have said, this is too much for us. I love you. You're part of our extended political family. But I got to worry about Vladimir Putin, not George Conway's tweets. He protected me. and He was always worried about my children, always, especially when the media mob came for those kids, which will never be forgotten or forgiven. But um, I also, you know, as a mother, my first, my first, my first job always is uh, to protect my four children. They're the four chambers of my heart, and I did the best I could, including leaving the job on my terms and my timeline that I loved very much, Bill. But I did that. Yeah, you to have a good line. Less, less drama, drama, more mama. mama. That was <laughs> yes. that's a good line. All right, the book Thank is "Here's that. the Deal," a memoir by uh, Kellyanne Conway. As I said, I've, I held my interest, and uh, I hope you check it out. Kellyanne, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. There's a big soiree on Long Island. I'm going to drop in and cause trouble. I'm glad you are. I look forward to it. Thanks thanks for having me. Sure. Okay. Let's go to guns. So you know and you've heard, it's been all over the place, that Matthew McConaughey yesterday um, was talking about gun control. All right. And we like Mr. McConaughey. We think he's a responsible guy, very well-intentioned. I'm going to play a soundbite in a moment. But uh, the Biden administration put him up in the White House to try to reach the folks that don't really pay attention to the news because McConaughey is a movie star. All right, here's what he said. Go. We need responsible gun ownership, responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. Okay, Um, you know, it's idealistic. It's not going to stop gun violence. What he's saying is not wrong. Let's run it down. So minimum age uh, for an AR purchase, 21. I have no beef with that. And I'll explain. I got a lot of mail. It's, oh, no, no, no. And I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, Waiting period for those rifles. That should be a state situation. Okay. Each state has got to, you know, design its own gun protection laws because there's a difference between Wyoming and New York City, as I told you. And red flag laws, same thing. States have got to do it, not the feds. Okay. Now let's get to the 18 to 21. That can be a national law, a federal law. And people go, well, uh, 18 year olds are in the army. Or they're in the Marines. They can join up. Well, yeah, okay. But in the Army, Marines, Navy, they are under discipline and being trained in many things, including the use of firearms. But they're supervised. The 17, You can be 17 with your parents' consent, going to the armed forces. But they are supervised. Key word, capital S, supervised. 
18-year-olds who walk in and buy an AR, most of them are law-abiding, of course. But there are loons and immature people who are doing it. There's no downside to raising it to 21. There's no downside. So I tell conservative people, don't be crazy. All right? The left is crazy. Don't be that. Be reasonable. Okay. Finally, and, and I'd love to talk to Matthew McConaughey about this because I think he would actually listen. You're never going to stop gun violence by putting in background checks and red flag laws and all that because the criminals, they buy the guns illegally. They steal the guns. They don't go through the normal channels. So there was a guy arrested yesterday in New York City who bought a batch of guns in North Carolina, drove them on up to the city and was selling them on the street. So you think there's a background check there? Or a red flag law there? It's not, now the cops got them because NYPD is good. Now they got undercovers again. Under de Blasio, they knocked that out. But they got them. And you know what? It's a miracle he's being held no bail. It's a federal offense, by the way, because the feds will take it because he crossed state lines to sell the guns. But this is what I'm talking about. Criminals don't do the system. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, here's a story that's still a little murky. So recently in Dallas, Texas, where I worked at Channel 8 WFAA in the early part of my career, there was an event at a bar called Mr. Mister. That bar is, uh, features drag shows. So kids were taken to, these, to this show by their parents, I guess. We're trying to track down who dragged the kids into Mr. Mister. I'm going to show some videos a little bit objectionable. But you got to know what's in play here. All right, so roll the a, roll a tape on the video. So the kids show up, 
and the drag show. And you can say, what else, 10, 10 years old, nine years old? That's a drag queen right there. And the kids are watching all this. It's a party for them. They don't know. They don't know what any of this is. Um, but why, why is this happening? Why? For what? I don't know. So now um, there's a proposed law. You know, first of all, number one, I would, if I were the mayor of Dallas, I'd shut that Mr. Mr. down and investigate what the deuce was going on. But the mayor of Dallas will not do that because then he'd be accused of being homophobic or whatever. Not to say drag queens are gay. They're not always gay, but you know what I'm talking about. Now, the state has got to look at the license for this club. They got to look at it. What was that? I'm not sure yet about all the details and who was there, why they were there. But I know it's a big deal. Okay. Um, Cancel culture at Georgetown University. A professor there um, scolded Joe Biden for saying that he was going to nominate an African-American woman to the Supreme Court. That professor was suspended for his opinion. All right. His name is Ilya Shapiro. Uh, He was suspended. Now, he was exonerated after months and months and months, but he was vilified. And now he's quit. And here's what he says. We'll put this up full screen uh, on the radio. You can listen to my um, quote. Georgetown is not a place that values intellectual diversity, freedom of speech, tolerance, respect, good faith. A place that excludes dissenting voices that undermines equal opportunity. It's not a place that anyone who dissents in any way from prevailing orthodoxies can thrive, unquote. Now, Georgetown used to be one of the best universities in the country, and its law school was excellent. Totally woke down. Now it's a place of paranoia and fear. Jesuit-run university. You ought to be ashamed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, here is a final thought of the day. You know, I'm a big complainer. You know that. Uh, and I lace companies that don't do the right thing. But I'm going to flatter a company, praise a company today. Um, we had a dealing with... Pottery Barn, which is a uh, subsidiary of Williams-Sonoma. And the president of Pottery Barn, Laura Alber. There's Laura. She helped us out. And she didn't have to. It wasn't an emergency. It was what they call a courtesy. So we're big Pottery Barn fans now. Because you know how bad service is a lot of these areas? 
but Pottery Barn stepped up. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We got a busy week. We're all over everything. We hope you check in every day. We will see you tomorrow.